episode 207 of the Bevan James Owl Show, the importance of understanding your mission. Radio team, welcome along to episode 207 of the Bevan James. I'll show you your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of exercise so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Well, I've got to say, um, I'm a pretty happy man right now. I'm a happy man because if you've been listening to this podcast over the last few, about three or four episodes, uh, I had a back operation almost 10 weeks ago to the day, and this week I am back at work. And uh, I work in fitness, I teach fitness, I teach fitness in a very vigorous and enthusiastic way. And uh, to be post-op 10 weeks later to be going back to work is something that everyone who I've talked about around medical and um, even, for example, ACC, which is the New Zealand's company around insurance, basically, uh, are amazed with my progress, which is really great because um, I like what I do. I want to get back to work. I want to get back to life. Um, but it's just nice to you know to get to the place where you've actually got there in the quickest way possible. And I, I, why am I sharing this with you? Well, a, it's it's cool that I'm back in this place, and I'm still not 100. percent uh, I actually did some plyometric a, a plyometric slight running workout last two days ago. Uh, my body held up well through that. Um, pretty light, taking it pretty easy. Uh, but I am starting to add impact in and. That's encouraging. So impact is still a little bit further down the path, but non-impact teaching, like a pump, a spin, those types of classes, I can get back to. And um, why am I sharing this with you guys? Because I'm kind of proud of how I've worked through this time. And I'm not doing this because I'm trying to be arrogant or cocky, but if you go back and listen to a few episodes, which I did post-op, and how I was trying to manage this time. And, and I said there's a few things. A, I want to look after my health. I want to look after my mental health. I want to get back as fast as possible and so on and so on. And, and I kind of talked through my plan through this time. And as much as, um, you know, there's still some work to be done moving forward, I'm kind of pretty, you know, I, I think I'm as back as fast as I possibly could have got back in the wisest way possible. And so I wanted to share this with you because ultimately the, the purpose of me sharing that podcast I did a few episodes is how do I minimize time in bad place? How do I minimize, you know, how do I get to the other side of this in the best way and the fastest way possible? And I, 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 again, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the way I've managed myself through this. So if you are going through a time of change in your life and you do need to manage or you've, something's been thrown in front of you that maybe take you off your path, uh, you may want to go back and listen to that episode because it's, you know, there's just something to think about there. And, and, and it's, yeah, I, I am kind of proud of how I've managed myself through this. It's, it's, it took some effort. I had to put some thinking into it. I had to put some planning into it. And the benefit is right now, I, you know, like I was, I was doing a little bit of plyometric jumping the other day and, and I've lost some fitness. And I suppose one thing to say right now is I'm still not there and I still have a pretty, I've got to be really wise in how I kind of aim to move forward in this next moment because realistically I stopped jumping and doing impact in the 7th of December or about the about the 5th of December and so now it's what the beginning of April so it's December, January, February like four months um, so it's got you know realistically it's going to take me three or four months to get safely back 
to where I was beforehand. So it's still a journey to be done, and, and I do need to keep patient and wise in the plan that I have moving forward. But this is definitely one of those celebration moments along the way. So I just wanted to share that with you because, you know, I did the podcast at the start of it, and it's kind of nice to be at this point now where I, that, that kind of work from that podcast is about that. Today's episode, today's episode, I had, an, and I've got a guest coming up next episode, which I'm really excited about. It's a very interesting person with some really great content that they create. So I'm quite excited to have it on. I couldn't coordinate them on for this episode. So I'm kind of doing the Bevan show this week. Uh, and then I'll get them on in the next episode. I'm pretty excited again because I think there's some really cool stuff in there. But for that reason, today's episode's a little bit different. It's going to be kind of three points, three areas that I'm going to talk about. Um, one is the cost of transitions. We'll get deeper into these later on. Uh, the second is having the importance of having an understanding of your mission. And uh, yeah, I'm going to deep into that. And then I got a question from a lady I know called Jeanette, Jeanette White. She's um, uh, a lady I've known for a long time. She's a gym member at the gym. Um, she's had a transition period in her life recently. She's had children and she's getting back into exercise. And she was just saying she's kind of struggling to find her mojo post having a baby and getting back to exercise and so I want to just give some ideas on when you've fallen away from exercise and you're coming back how do you get to your mojo point so those are going to be the three key areas I'm going to talk about in the main gist of the show but before I do that I want to say a big thank you to all of the patrons of the show if you want to become a patron of the Bevan James Isles show just go to bevanjamesisles.com you click on podcast click on support me and go through the process you can donate as little or as much as you want towards each episode and when you do you get a cool nickname and these people are patrons of the show we've got Priscilla Love Me Tender King we've got Esther Chi Green the Golden One we've got Sam Squiggly Wiggly Arms Green Sam actually had a baby recently and tell you what she sent us photos for yesterday because well, it's Easter right now when I'm recording this and oh the boy is looking cute Sam the genetics are working, that's all I'm saying. Uh, we've also got Sam, uh, sorry, Olivia Alice Garland, and she is Wonder Girl, and Dr. Sh- Dr. Sustain, Sean Barnes. Uh, these people are amazing supporters of this episode, of this podcast. If you want to support the podcast, go to Bevan James Isles, click on podcast, click on support me, go through the process. I'm going to put some music on, let's get into the main gist of the show. So as I did in the introduction before, I was talking about how there's going to be three things to talk about today. And I'm going to talk on, the first one I'm going to talk about is this understanding the sense of your mission. Understanding the sense of your mission. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast over the last few months, you're really, you know, I'm going through a time of change in my life. Time of change, which is ultimately about transitioning away from the day-to-day stuff, which is no longer progressing me or the impact I want to have on the world, to a place where I have time, opportunity, and resource to create more of that type of work. And in doing that work, uh, and again, I've talked about this book, uh, podcast, I'm sorry, Clockwork by a guy called Mike. Now, I think it's Mike, I've got the book right here in front of me, uh, Miko Lowick's I'm not very good at reading names, to be honest, but he also wrote a book called Profit the First, which is a very good business book. Um, And that book influenced my thinking, and it's really a lot of what I'm trying to do right now. And the the mission of this time for me in my life, or, or the purpose of this time, is to get to a place where I have time to think about solving bigger problems in a way that's much more powerful in my for myself and the way I want to have an impact on the world. 
And one of the things that uh, Mike gets you to do in this book is, is he talks about queen bee roles. You know, he talks about the queen bee as the, the leader and, and really what's the queen bee role of your business. And when Joe and I read the book, we, we, we kind of did the work of the book and what we came up with our queen bee role. And I think I've maybe even said this on the podcast in the past. And our queen bee role of our, so we have a running business called Extra Mile Runners. And we've got products that do really well. We're quite proud of the work we do. But we also, did, you know, we, when we sat down and did this Queen Bee role, we kind of had to think about what it was. And, and we came up with a statement which I think really works. And the statement goes like this. Our, the Queen Bee role of what we do is to create a professional and supportive environment where people grow and belong through movement. I'll say it again to create a, a professional and supportive environment where people grow and belong through movement. Now, this is a really interesting thing to have as your foundation with your thinking. Now, if, you, if you'd spoken to me before this moment in my life, you would have, you, if you would ask me, how do you grow, Bevan? I would have said, well, the first thing you've got to figure out is who are you? You know, what's your character? And so for me, the first work I often do with clients is, is, is that kind of who are you work? What's the character of you in your life? And when we think about the character, it's, it's kind of values that you value. So if I, if I pull up my Bevan book right now, so I'm just going to put my little Bevan book off my computer. Um, so Bevan James Isles, my values are love, honesty, happiness, fun, freedom, growth, focus, ambition, bravery, and creativity. So when I think about how I'm trying to evolve as a person, what I'm trying to do is get a greater understanding of those things. That's 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 kind of, you know, like if, if I think 10 years in the future, I want to have a deeper understanding of love. I want a deeper understanding of honesty. I want a deeper understanding of growth. So these, these are all the things I'm trying to evolve myself as a person. It's that who am I, where's my alignment, and how do I go deeper into that? And then, then what I kind of always have thought is, then you want to understand your passions. So for me, it's, it's people, fitness, and music. And then you kind of want to go, you want to develop your growth based on your passions to evolve your characters. So for me, when you look at my goals, so if I pull up my goals right now, one of my goals, um, let me, I'm just going to pull up my little goal sheet here, to be in a live performing band playing music, our own music with a good fan base. That's my music goal. Now, when we think about that's my passion, that's a, that's a, that's a, a music passion. Another one of my goals is to have a book where you create a platform and a business that helps non-exercisers have a lifetime love of exercise. Well, that's people and movement. People and exercise, those are two of my passions. Um, so on and so on. So, so when you look at my goals, they reflect my passions and they're trying to help me have an understanding a deeper understanding of my character traits. So through my band, like the other night we went up and played live a couple of weeks ago and um, I recorded myself. I was, I was happy with 60% of it. There's 40% of it I need to grow from. That's me growing. Um, it was heaps of fun, you know, like, so these experiences that I'm having are helping me understand that higher level of what's important to me in life. So that's kind of, and, and then, you know, my goals will then be the plan. So like, for example, that's the overall goal. With, I'll just go back to that music one. So the music I'm just pulling up again is to be in a live performing band, playing our music with a good fan base. Now that's, that's, that's kind of the aim where I want to stand up or sit up, wake up and, you know, some time in the near future in my life. But then I have stepping stone focuses. So for example, my stepping stone focus at the moment is to have our, our, our 11 songs recorded and ready to put to the market. To have done six live performances, uh, to set up the marketing strategy around our 
our band, our album, once it comes along. So this is the stepping stone goals that I have to achieve at the moment. So the, the band is, we should have the album recorded, probably ready to put to the market, but it's probably about another 10 weeks away. Um, we've been doing open mics and stuff, so I'm building my, I, I always call it, do my reps. I'm doing my reps as a musician. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a beginner musician when it comes to live performance, so I'm just doing my reps. Um, I'm not a rock star yet. Um, I'm not where I want to be yet, but the only way I'm going to get there is get up and do my reps. And then I've we've got a bit of a marketing plan we want to do around our, our album, so I'm kind of doing the work on that, and I'm probably about 20% on what needs to be done before we can actually put it to the market. So the main goal is the live performing band, those are my stepping stones to get me to the next step in that journey. That's a passion, which is music, and then that is helping me evolve my character traits. But one thing that this clockwork book has helped me understand is the sense of mission. The sense of understanding your mission. Now, admittedly, this is the one I identified earlier, the one I was talking about before, which was to be a professional and supportive, uh, to create a professional and supportive environment where people grow and belong through movement. That's very much a fitness, although it's fitness and people, if I'm going to be honest, because uh, I believe that you know we create worlds with people. Um, but what I've discovered is, A, I've been giving myself this time, so I have offloaded time, so I've got a bit more time to think. But then by having that main role statement it gives me a clear understanding of the problems I should be solving. So I'm going I'm to elaborate on this. So one thing we've been thinking about with the business is um, we've got a good, basically we've got like five products that we have. We have our 5K group, our 10K group, half marathon group, our membership model, uh, and then we have our online product. So we have these kind of five products that kind of sit there and they're good little products. They work really well. They've ticked over well for years and so on. Now, when we think about have we evolved our products over the last period of time, we haven't. And I talked about this a couple of episodes. That when you look at our products, I kind of just say the same. Now that I'm getting more time to think, it's kind of like, well, you want to create new products. But when you think about creating new products, where do you start from? And that's where understanding your mission becomes a really important thing. And I'll just share an example. So going back to that statement, I'll probably say it a hundred more times in this episode, of we uh, our, our, our mission or our role is to create a supportive and uh, professional supportive environment where people grow and uh, grow and belong through movement. Suddenly, as I started to get time, one thing I was thinking the other day is we should do a goal setting session for our community, and not just a running goal setting session. Uh, uh, literally, I think like a four hour workshop. A four-hour workshop, you know, because the thing about goal setting is it's that thing that people who do it get so much from it. It just works. It really does. If you goal set and you do it around a really good formula and you make it a consistent thing in your life, you're just going to achieve more in life. Like it just works. It's not rocket science. It just works. So if we can get a goal setting habit in place, you're, you're going to live a better life. I can pretty much guarantee it. Problem is, goal setting takes a lot of effort. It can be a bit confusing. Uh, it's that thing that you should do but you don't do. It's it's one of those problems. So when I thought of that, when when I suddenly started to gain some time, and I th- went back to that sense of what's our mission: professional, supportive, belonging, grow. 
Then I thought, well, one thing our runners want to do is grow. My job is to grow these people as a community. So then in my mind, I thought, well, I wonder if we were to do like a a three to four hour workshop where people come along. It's a it's a group community kind of workshop where you're actually going to go pretty deep and you're going to go through these questions and there's going to be activities and there's going to be this kind of framework that I'll work them through. And at the end of the four hours, they walk out with the goals for the next four months of their lives. Would that be, does that align to my sense of mission? Does that align to professional, supportive, grow, belong, through movement? Now, you could argue it's maybe not through movement, although the way I'll do it, there probably will be some movement within the session. Um, but when I looked at my running community, extra mile runners, that definitely fits to what our mission is. That by having a goal-setting session where it's a supportive environment, we can help these people become better athletes, but also better in all areas of their life. And so the other morning I was just doing a stretch at the end of the session. I kind of just threw it out there. I just, I just kind of said, hey guys, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about helping, you know, doing this goal setting session. I kind of just gave an overview of what it would look like. And kind of just chucked it out there. I said, you know, let me know if you're going to be keen. And this morning, I was coaching this morning, and um, normally what you find is there's a few people who come really early, so we, we can get like up to a couple hundred people to run. So once once the mass arrives, it's, you're not really having deep conversations, you're more just kind of walking around, you know, saying hello, making people feel welcome. But before the main group kind of arrives, you can get people, your early people, and there's about five early people, and they said, Bevan, that, that goal setting thing you're talking about was you know, I'm, my hand is up now. And, and Rita, who's this lovely, lovely lady called Rita, uh, beautiful presence, beautiful soul. Uh, it's got this real calm energy about her. She's just a lovely lady. And she said, Bevan, uh, when you, uh, that goal said anything, uh, I said, I said it's kind of in the back of my head. And she said, Bevan, you need to bring it to the front of your head. I need it now. Um, and what is why, why am I sharing this with you? Well, the thing about this is my mission is to grow people. My mission is to grow people. And when I had this understanding of professional, supportive, grow, belong through movement, as I've developed this moment in my life where I've got time to think about this and time to design, time to actually create these types of things, it becomes clear around how you want to use that time. Because you understand your mission in that area, then you just you kind of you, you kind of know like you just see the problems you need to solve like these people we, we're really good at helping them be supportive and run in the running environment but they probably need to grow in other areas of their lives and how can we help facilitate that and what's a product that we can create around this so that they're going to get the value of it and so i've always talked about values passions action or goal action plan but i kind of also think the next layer i want to add to this is the mission behind that area now, with fitness, I've kind of got it, haven't I? I've got it with um, my statement, which I've said a few times. I'm sure you could probably, what is it? What is it? What is it? To create a supportive, uh, a professional supportive environment where people grow and belong through movement. So so I've kind of found that now. And it's I've got to say, it's driving me. It's driving me to come up with new ideas. It's giving me a sense of a compass that, of how I need to think. Um, I'm really excited about what I'm going to be able to do with this. I probably need to think of a similar thing for music. What's what's my mission with music? Um, I kind of think like with music, like creating a fan base where people belong. You know, where they, where, where people share the love for for music. 
and they feel they belong. I'm not quite sure if that's what it is. I probably define it for music. And then for people, and for me, it would just be that um, something around just helping people see their possibilities. Now, I haven't done the missions in these areas, but as I think about this whole idea of developing myself and, and how you know how do I want to keep evolving myself as a person, it, it's, it's adding this to my area. So it's A, understanding myself, which is my values. B, knowing my passions, people, fitness, music. C, understanding my missions in those areas. And I've got to do some, some work here, I've got to be honest. I've got to do some work because... Um, I, I think I've got it with fitness, uh, with people and music. I can probably spend a bit of time on, uh, and, and it's interesting when even with music, like yeah, I think of like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know, I've listened to interviews with like Flea and, and Anthony Kiedis, and they talk about what what it means to be their band, what's the mission of their band, and you know, I want my band to have that that kind of thing of that you know that our music represents something and that being a fan of us means something and you know when, and when you're in that you're kind of a part of something you know that's that's what it's all about so I you know so then and then from there then you do your your kind of the nitty-gritty of the goal setting and the plan so I just want to share a few because it's been really fascinating to see how it's directed my thinking and helping me solve the problem of what kind of products I want to create moving forward for my running business and I've got to be honest I may even think about doing an online goal setting product which we put out to people who aren't in part of in Christchurch at least um, so that may be something that comes out for you guys who aren't there in the future and it would be like a workshop online where I take you through a goal setting process we'll see that's not my direct focus right now but interesting stuff so that's the first point in today's is how do you direct growth and just to recap it's who are you which is your values what are your passions what's your mission within your passions where's your growth pathway right now second point i want to go into today's episode is i i got an email from so a cool thing happened the other morning so on a monday morning we have quite a big running group happening at, at our local park here in Christchurch called uh, Higley Park and we were getting ready for the run and there's probably I don't know we probably say we've got 60 runners about to take off on a run and we're on this pathway it's quite a wide pathway and they're all getting ready to start their runs but there's another running runner coming past and I always will get the runners to clap the runner as they're coming past so this this lady was running towards us and I got the runners to clap this runner and and coolly this person just went, yeah, you know, really enjoyed the fact that, that the runners had clapped for them. It was, it was just a really cool moment. And it turned out that person was a lady called Jeanette White. And um, she is a lady who I've known for a few years. She is a lady who, how would I describe her, is uh, a really lovely person, a hard ass. Like, you know, as a fitness professional, you know who your hard asses are. And when I say this, what I mean is the person who just can bury themselves they can just go to that place you know when you take them in a class often when you're tra- training those people you just say how much harder can you go that's that's all you've got to ask them and, and they're seeking it they want it they desire it and Jeanette is one of these people she's a very good athlete she's achieved massive fitness goals in her time uh, and she's an athlete you know like you know she, she's an athlete she's someone who knows how to be an athlete uh, but in the last few years of her life she'd had um, a kid a kid called Quinn uh, and I think Quinn must be about coming up, oh, two years old. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about two years old. And she just, she came, she sent me a Facebook post, and I hope you don't mind me reading this out, but she just got here. Bevan, thank you for the pick-me-up clap yesterday. There was a clap that happened. I was having a bad run, so it really helped. 
Just wondering if you've done a podcast on finding your mojo after a break. I'm trying to get back into long distance running again and doing the Christchurch half in two weeks and also have a full Ironman on my bucket list, but really struggling to get mentally back to that space Plus, finding time with work and two kids. Oh, she's got two kids now. There you go. So she's been, you know, life's really busy. I need to train smarter, not more, as I don't have this heaps of time. So this is a really common experience, particularly for mothers, but for a lot of people who go through a life change. Often in life change, habits can change and we can fall out of a place that we were in the past. And so Ginny, Ginny was just asking, do I have any tips for her to help her find her mojo to get back to a place where she's thriving with exercise. And interestingly, in my book, I talk about this. I talk about, um, I have this model, and I can talk about it right now, actually. I'm going to pull up this chapter in my book. So my book I've been working on, we're doing the second proof right now, so we're kind of it's kind of all coming in the right progress. Let me have a look here. Book 2.0, there we go. Uh, and I think this is baby step number eight. It is baby step number nine. Here we go. Baby step number nine. So baby step number nine in the book is, I've got this here, develop your ability to live within the circle of fitness and then continue to live within it for a long time. So what what, what I talk about here is, uh, to me, there's kind of five types of people with exercise. There's the person who never exercises and never has exercised, uh, you know, or for, you know, long, 10 plus years. Then you have the person, that's, that's kind of number one. Then you have the person who tried, had a bad experience and quit. So they may have tried in the last 10 years, but it didn't go well, and they just went back to what they were. Then we have the yo-yo. This is the person who sometimes exercises, sometimes doesn't exercise. Then we have the person who has a routine but doesn't get results. And then we have the person who's a thriver. This is the person who's absolutely thriving with exercise. And the thing I'm always interested in is how do you create the thriver? What, what are the tools that you need to create the thriver with exercise? And actually another question that probably goes on top of this is how do you get someone back to being a thriver? How do you get someone back to being a thriver? Because what's really interesting is that often when people get into exercise, they become a thriver. You know, you see this a lot when someone who's found that magic of exercise in their life. They haven't had it in their life. And, and suddenly they something happens and they achieve a fitness goal and they go all in. You know, you also see this with fitness professionals. They start in this career, they're all passionate. Interesting, I was speaking to a lady called Maureen Baker the other day. She's one of the head the big heads at Les Mills International, and she's saying you often lose instructors about two or three years into their career. And it's really interesting because the first period of the instructing is a real thriving experience. And then it becomes a habit, and then we often lose them. And that, that's kind of what be with a lot of people with exercise. And that's why in the book, because in the book that I've written, is I'm trying to take people through through their first fitness experience where they have success and then set up their next fitness experience. And then I want them to kind of shift their identity. And then I... You know, then I'm kind of letting them go on their journey by themselves. But that's why I needed to do this chapter because, so the baby step, let me pull up the notes, the, the chapter I was talking about before, here it is. So the baby step is to, to oops, wrong one. Uh, let me go here again. Okay, so the baby step is to develop your ability to live within the circle of fitness and continuously live in it for the long term. And the circle of fitness was this concept I came up with, which is basically saying, if you can continue to do these steps, you'll be in a place where you're thriving with exercise. Because kind of at a minimal, we want you to be to someone who's got the habit. 
even if you're not getting results, it's better than, you know, not exercising. So at a minimal, that's where we want you to be. But I want you to be in a place where you're thriving. Now, if I go back to Jeanette, I don't think Jeanette struggles with the habit. I'm pretty sure post-babies, she's probably got the habit. She knows how to thrive. And in her life, she's thrived many times. And so one of the problems she has right now is, well, I, I have, like seriously, I don't know her problems because, <laughs> because she sent me an email. Right? But people in her situation, often the problem is that they, they want the thrive back. They've got back to the habit. It can be a bit hard because obviously you've lost a bit of fitness and stuff, but they want to get back to that place where they're thriving. And so here's the model that I've come up with in the book. And I'm going to chuck some other areas that maybe Jeanette could talk think about as well. So the first of all is the model. So the model says like this. First of all, you need to assess where you currently are. So where are you currently are? And when we think about the assessment, we really need to think about Things like, like, you know, and if we look back to Jeanette's email, so what she said to me here, I'm trying to get back into full distance running again and doing a goal of doing a crush in half and two weeks. My bucket list is Ironman, but I'm really struggling to mentally get back to the space of finding time for kids with kids and work. So she's got two kids, she's got work. So one thing you need to do is you need to assess what's realistic for this time. Because I don't know Jeanette's situation, but maybe an Ironman's not the wisest goal right now. Like maybe because an Ironman, that's a big commitment. And it's not to say in your future, but that might be a goal that's a 15-year goal because for the next 15 years, you're bringing up your kids. And you might just say, actually, I know that I have seven hours a week to train. So what's 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 kind of the goal that would be a good, you know, what's a good assessment of for that? And that's why making that assessment is a really important thing because you often find when people try to grow, they just grow because they have ambition, but they don't actually think about the steps before that. So just assessing where you are in life right now. Step number two is to decide where you want to grow as a person. Now this is really important because if we can understand where we want to grow as a person, then we can have a bit more motivation. So for someone like Jeanette, again, I don't think consistency is going to be a problem for her, but she might say, in this next moment of time, I want to grow my ability to be able to hold, do to harder levels of training for longer periods of time. That might be just an area that she wants to grow. She might have feel she's lost that and she wants to grow back to that place. So where do you want to grow in your life? So where, number one is assess where I am. Number two is to decide where I want to grow. Then number three, based on number one and two, is to create a challenge. Now the challenge needs to be really realistic and in the book I kind of break down each of them. So what did I write here? I said the challenge. Uh, now create the challenge. Now that you have a good understanding of your current place with your fitness and life you are, and you know where you want to grow, you set a challenge that fits in with your life and will evolve you. The aim here is to find the perfect challenge for this moment in your life. This will balance your current position of where you want to, uh, your current position and where you want to grow. By getting this right, you will feel excited because you can see where you can grow, but you also have a goal that you can work towards. And to me, I think this is one of the really important things for someone like Jeanette, but anyone who's trying to grow, is by doing that step one and two, then you can set the perfect challenge for yourself. Actually, I'm a good example of that right now. I'm not in a place where I'm an athlete. I'm coming back from my operation. Um, but I want to grow back to a place where I'm, to be honest, I want to feel like an athlete again. And I haven't felt like an athlete for a long time because it's, I haven't been an athlete. And it, to me, being an athlete means you've got a race that you're aiming for. And so um, 
right now, my assessment shows me that, you know, my body's still, I'm not doing any hard racing in this period of time, but where do I want to go right now? I want to go to that place where I'm having some hard sessions, where I'm being consistent with challenging sessions. Now, what's the right challenge for me? Well, I've got to be honest, my fitness challenge is to get my body right. But I think probably by maybe September, I could look to do a half marathon. So that'd be a good challenge for me, where I'm I'm not going to be what I was before my operation, but where I could maybe, you know, train at a level where I feel like an athlete. Okay. So create the challenge. Go on your journey is number four. So going on your journey is the day-to-day grind. But when you're going on your journey, what you're really looking for is looking for the evolution of where you wanted to grow. So that's what you're really trying to do. It, it, it's, the, it's the goal setting, it's the planning, it's the making sure you're actually growing in this place. Then you face your challenge, so then you have your goal challenge day, it might be doing a half marathon, it might be a race, whatever it is, or some competition. You celebrate, so post that, you celebrate, you reflect and learn, and then you go through the whole circle again. And the idea of this circle is that if you were to just continuously do that circle, you're going to be in the thriving place more often in your life. Because if you assess, you can see some areas you can grow, you can see what's realistic for your life. If you decide, okay, here's my next evolution point, then what you can do is you can decide how you're going to grow in the next period of time. You'll be able to set a wise challenge for yourself. You'll be able to go on the journey that's a wise challenge. You'll be able to face the challenge by having your celebration, your challenge day or experience. Then you can celebrate, you can own your growth, you can learn and reflect and you repeat that over and over again. And that was the purpose of this this chapter in this baby in this book, and this I'm calling them the baby steps, is that ultimately if you can have that pattern in place, then your your chances of being a thriving exerciser for the long term, where you get the most out of exercise for the long term, massively increases. So I, I going back to Jeanette, I just think there's probably a couple of things that you want to think about is um Assess where you're you're at with your life right now. And with that, what is realistic? Um, Where do you want to grow as a person? You know, I know Jeanette's a real athlete, you know, maybe it's time to try a new sport, like maybe do a CrossFit or something that's, you know, doesn't, not so time consuming, but it is really challenging. Uh, What is the right challenge for you based on the first two answers? And then go on that journey. You know, go on that journey where, because you know, it's interesting, you know, before I talked about how people um, can often start by thriving and then go back to habit and just long for that thriving place again. And what a lot of exercises do is they just go back to what they've always done. And it's, it doesn't deliver the same thriving. So sometimes it's actually good to try to do something different. So I don't know if that's the answer for you, Jeanette, but just something to think about. Uh, then you'll obviously face a challenge, celebrate, relearn, and, and maybe just try to focus on giving yourself the time to work through the answers to these questions. Because ultimately, I feel what Jeanette wants is to be thriving again. And she has less time to do it. She can't do it in the way she used to do it. So we need to be realistic around it. But there is a way that it can work in this life. So, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that's a solution for you there, Jenny. Lastly, 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 transitions in life. I used to do triathlon. And triathlon's a funny sport because triathlon comes down to swim, bike, run. But also, transitions are really important. And there's always a funny story. One of a good friend of my other podcast, one of the loveliest men you would ever meet in, in your life is a guy called Scott Molina. Molina is... 
He's, he won the Ironman World Championships. Like, won it. Like, won it. Didn't just, didn't just, was a good triathlete. This guy was the best in the world. And uh, his nickname was the Terminator when he raced. He was just, he, this man knows how to physically work. Now, Melina's, oh, I think Melina's over 60 now. I could be wrong. I think he is. Melina um, is just a beast. And, but, but one time years ago, as an age group athlete, so this is probably about 10, 15 years ago, he went to the age group triathlon world championships and he won the swim, he won the bike, and he won the run, and he got second overall. Why was that? Because his transitions weren't the sharpest. Now, I've never really spoken to, I think I did speak to Melina about the time. You know, he probably, he may have needed the transition time, I'm not giving him too much of a hard time. But, but the more to the point is transitions in a sport like that, when you're trying to win a race, can be really costly. Transitions aren't just a triathlon thing. Transitions are a life thing. And often our transitions come at a massive cost. Let's think about this. When you have lunch at work and you go back to your workplace, now that could be in the factory, that could be in the office, that could be out in the field, like we're all different, but whatever that means to you, how long does it take for you to get back to work? Not, not sit at your desk and actually you know, sit at your desk, actually work. A lot of life has terrible transitions. A lot of life has terrible transitions. When I'm at my worst, my transition can be 10, 15 minutes. Like I can I can have lunch. Uh, so my lunch is this. I, I stop. I always give myself an hour for lunch. I stop. I go see if Joe wants some lunch. Then I'll make lunch. So, I, you know, I work from home. So I'll go and make some lunch. Um... I'll, when I have my chocolate biscuits, I play about 10, I always suck my chocolate, I have two chocolate mint slices, I have a healthy lunch with two mint slices, and I, they're frozen, so I suck my mint slices, and then I play a game, a card game on my phone for about 10 minutes while I do that, and then I meditate, and then my lunch is finished. That whole process is an hour. Now, Sometimes, when I'm at my worst, when I'm not focused, when I haven't used good tools, when I'm just a little bit distracted, then I come back to my computer and I do my four websites. You've got that, eh? You know what I mean. You know, like when you jump on your phone, there's that pattern you have. You know, you go to those same things again. It might be that you check Facebook, you check Insta, you you go to your favourite websites and something like that. When I'm at my worst, I go to my four websites. Mine are Reddit, Dig, Stuff, and sometimes a bit of Yahoo. Now, I could spend 10, 15 minutes easy just doing that. That's a, that's a really terrible transition, isn't it? I've already had an hour for lunch, and then my transition is an extra 15 minutes. And to be honest, it's, it's not a satisfying 15 minutes. It's, it's reading headlines that aren't really adding much to my life. It's just a bad transition. The thing about transitions is we have many transitions in our life, don't we? And if we can start to see that we have bad transitions, what's the value if we got better at them? You know, if I go back to the triathlon analogy, if you have a five-minute transition in triathlon, but you could cut it down to a minute, it's a much better performance, isn't it? And in life, if I went on a great day's work, every time I have a transition... If I have 10 minutes looking at my favourite sites, and I can do that. Admittedly, I don't do it much nowadays because I've got pretty good tools, but I, there are versions of me that can do that. Because it's not just post-lunch I have a transition. 
it might be that I need to go down and have a chat to Joe because she works at home and I go to her office and have a chat to her and I come up and I do I do the same transition again so it's that every time I walk away from my desk I have a five to ten minute transition and I come back I could easily lose an hour or so a day just with bad transitions an hour or so that's not adding much time to my day or adding value to my day and so it was just an error I wanted to kind of throw at you is where are you what are you like in your transition so so you know for example what are your transitions for me it is coming back from lunch for me it's coming back from meetings or not meetings but catch up with joe's coming back from the toilet you know just those little moments where you come back and what is the subconscious routine you've created around that is it a bad routine that comes at quite a cost Interesting to think about, isn't it? Now, if you are this person who has a bad transition routine, obviously we want to get you better at this. And to me, this is kind of a pretty simple process. First of all, you want to understand what your current transitions are like. What are the habits that you have that make bad transitions? So it's that idea of, I need to check these websites. It might be the idea that when you walk to your desk, you, you have a chat to a workmate for 15 minutes. Whatever it is, just what makes a bad transition for you? Then what tools and strategies can I use to make sure I have a better transition? So you could have a bookend strategy. So for example, for me when I get up for lunch, I might set an alarm on my phone for an hour, which means that when the alarm goes off, I have to make sure I'm, I'm back at my desk and as soon as I sit back at my desk, I have to write down the objectives for the next period of time before I do anything else. That's a pretty simple bookending, isn't it? I stop, go make my lunch, I have my biscuits, I have my meditation, got to get it done in an hour. That's plenty of time to get all those things done. Once I've had the hour, then sit down, write down my objectives for the time and get straight into my work. That's a good transition. I have the alarm just in case I start to go over. I have the transition. It's just a really good transition bookending that we want to do. And for you, what are those tools and strategies that you can put in place around the transitions in your life? Because if you can get better at the transitions in your life, you're just going to get much more effective at the use of your time. And actually, if we go a few steps back, if you if we go back to what I was talking about earlier and you understand that sense of mission, like I want to spend as much time as possible on that, that, that statement, what is it? Can you get it? Can you get it? Can you get it? To create a supportive and professional support environment where people grow and belong through movement. That's what I want my mind to be thinking about. Like, you know, like we think about, I was speaking to a guy, uh, Richard. Richard's this lovely guy. He's, he's actually one of the big leaders in the fitness industry in New Zealand. And I was speaking to him the other day and we were talking about growth. And I was just saying, to me, one of the things, uh, uh, you know, like, because he's in a moment in his life where he's doing really well, um, you know, he's, he's got a great career. He's kind of set his life up really well. And he's got this opportunity. And he's kind of like, what do I want to use with this opportunity? And I said to him, well, one question you want to throw at yourself is, where do I want to spend my time thinking? Now, to me, that's the greatest luxury. Where do you want to spend your time thinking in life? You know, and if you're spending an hour a day in transition, what time are you losing on the thinking that you want to do? And if I go back to my mission, my, that, that driver of me, that's where I want to spend my time thinking. And if I've got every time I go away from my computer and come back to the computer to do some work, and, and it takes me 10, 15 minutes because I go through Reddit, dig stuff and so on, well, I'm losing opportunity, aren't I? So this is a pretty quick point, but it's an important, I think it's an important point. I want you to think about what are your transitions like? How are you going with your transitions in life? 
Can you sharpen them up? If they do need to be sharpened up, what's the techniques and strategies you need to put in place? I kind of threw one at you, but what, is, what are the tools that you need to use to be able to do this? And then practice it. It's as simple as that. Just practice it. Can have it like literally in front of me here. Can you hear that piece of paper? I've got my list of things because I sat down at the end of this. I, I, I coached this morning. I had my hour lunch. I get you know we're up early, so I finished home. Coached. Got straight back to my desk. What I got in front of me? Email to do. I got to do my podcast. I got to do some band work. I got to do my coach's newsletters. These are the things that I'm doing. That was what I did as soon as I got back from lunch. So, what are your transitions like? Can you sharpen them up? And if you sharpen them up, pretty cool to think about where you could spend that thinking time, eh? So today's episode, it's a little bit different. It's a bit more out there. And the models I kind of talked about, first of all, is the model of how you grow yourself. And I've added to my traditional way of looking at it is that sense of mission. So first of all, who am I? What are my values? What are my passions? What are my missions and my passions? And then what are my action plan moving forward, which is kind of like the goal setting side of it. Secondly, if you are in a place where you're trying to get back to that thriving place in life, maybe think about my circle of fitness model, which is assess, decide where you want to grow, create a challenge, go on your journey, face your challenge, celebrate, learn and reflect. And the idea of the circle is then once you've done learn and reflect, you just go back to assess again. So it's that whole idea of there. And then lastly, what are your transitions like? Do you need to sharpen up on your transitions? Because imagine if you did, how'd you be able to use that time in your life if you do all this stuff do you think you'd be a higher version of yourself hopefully you would Radio team, hopefully you got something out of that episode. Hopefully something in there for you. Um, I want to say a big thank you to all the patrons for becoming patron. Actually, one thing, uh, if you want to become a patron, go to Bevan James Hall's podcast support. You know the story. Uh, thank you to those people who are patrons. It really does mean a lot to me. Um, if you are, do you want to support the show uh, and you can't afford to be a patron, two other ways you can do it. Go onto your podcatcher and do a review. Uh, the podcatchers like reviews. Uh, one, one, one is kind of getting downloads is obviously important, but also just getting reviews. For some reason, it gives you more attention. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you haven't done a review, it'd be really cool if you could just go on to your podcatcher and just put a review up. Uh, I got a really cool review. One of the latest podca- uh, reviews by on the podcatcher. It's called Sarah S. Thank you, Sarah S, for that. And she's got. Uh, I can't recommend this podcast highly enough. Thank you, Bevan, for your insight that you share and the tools that you give. Each episode gives me things to think about, but more importantly, a plan to help me move forward in life. Keep up the great work. So thank you, Sarah, for that. What a, what a cool, like, you think, you think I like reading it? <laughs> like, it's pretty cool. So thank you so much, Sarah, for doing that. But if you are somebody who hasn't done that, just jump on. It seems to help for some reason. Uh, secondly, share with your friends. Uh, even if you just see when you put a post up on Instagram or Facebook, just, you know, say, share with your friends and say, hey, look, this is worth listening to if you get value from the show. That's pretty much me done and dusted for this episode. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. So I've got another cool guest coming up. I'm pretty excited about the next episode. Um, yeah, you guys keep rocking on. And oh, just lastly, my book update. I, I mentioned it quickly. Um, <laughs> what happens when I do my book is, <coughs> excuse me, I write it. And then once I write it, um, I what I do is I read it myself and then I get the computer to read it back to me. So I literally will just do a paragraph and I'll get the computer to speak it back to me. Um, my grammar and my, my 
sometimes I'm not the strongest speller, so sometimes just it will help me figure out where I've made mistakes. And then Joe, my wife, will then do the next level of proofing. She'll do a proofing level on that. And then from there, that's when we really start to think about the plan for what we're going to do with the book. So really, probably in about another two weeks, Joe and I will sit down and we'll actually start to design the plan around what to do with the book. There's, there's a few things we need to think about, but ideally, I think the book will be ready to the market end of this year really but you know if we want to do it in a way that we were thinking about doing it so um and at that time you guys are going to be hearing a lot about the book but um um yeah yeah it's definitely no one else has done what i've done i can say that and it's very much targeted people aren't moving and i think i've got a plan where those people can be successful so uh, one thing i am going to do if you are a listener who's not moving is I, I might get a couple because it's a very much just a plan. It's very much just taking people through this journey, um, and so I, I, I would, wouldn't mind getting a few people to trial the plan. And and I want people who aren't exercising or haven't exercised in a long time are readers because I don't want someone to say, "Oh, I'd love to do it," but aren't actually going to do the work. I want someone who's as a reader. Like eventually, there'll probably a, there'll probably be like an audio book for people who aren't audio book um, aren't readers. But at first, I just need people who I know is going to do the reading so that they can then go through the process. Um, so in the next period of time, I'll probably put, ask it for a few people around that. I don't want a huge amount. I probably only want like 10 to 20 just to get an idea of as we're working through getting the book ready for the market is just to kind of see, you know, how people are finding actually going through that journey. So uh, listening on the podcast, I'll probably need to know about that soon. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for your time. I always appreciate it. As I always finish the show, I say it by saying, keep being you. <laughs>